world, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So, on today's episode, we have the wonderful lady who is the sound engineer over at the Belmont. She is also a producer and probably one of my favorite jewelry makers. And as a super awesome bonus, she has a special place in my heart because she made me my intro, for which I am very thankful. So I am very happy to introduce to you my friend, Miss Danny Parks. So before we get right on into that interview, though, if you wouldn't mind following, subscribing, leaving a comment, letting me know what you think, you can find me on my website at beatsinabottle.com. You can also find me on IG at Let's Talk Audio. And, uh, uh, without further ado, we'll get right on into my interview with Miss Danny Parks. Let's talk, Let's talk. audio. Today we're here with Danny Parks. Hello. And I, why did I say that with a question mark? That was supposed hey. to be a period at the yeah. end of the sentence. Anyways, her last it name is, is definitely name. Parks. I don't yeah. know why I said it like that. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, so she is on our next episode. Anyway, so Danny, why don't you go ahead and tell the folks who you are and a little bit about yourself? <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> are you not prepared for that to be the uh- end of the sentence? <laughs> I'm prepared. I made my notes. Okay. Um, I'm prepared for this podcast today. Uh, yeah, so I'm Danny Parks. Um, I live in Austin. I've been here for about 12 years now. I'm a mom of a three-and-a-half-year-old little boy. Um, I'm also an audio engineer, I'm sort of full-time. Um, at one point in my life, I was <laughs> full-time. But as of yet, we are all um, paused. Um, So yeah, that's that's what I do for work. Um, Other than that, I I produce music. um, I play drums a little bit. uh, Yeah, and that's about it. (laughs) This face right now is so much. This is me reading. This is me going, looking at my notes and, and looking at you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it never gets weird. I mean, I never, I mean, it never gets unweird. It's never not weird. That's the sentence. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Okay. So you, wait, you're, I knew you were a producer. You said that to me before. Uh, I temporarily forgot about it until you reminded me just now. That's so okay. how, how, so how long, how did you get into sound then? Like, did it, did you start from music and then engineering or did you go yeah. engineering into producing? So I started off in um, like traditional, like classical music. Like I was like a percussionist oh. growing up, um, like in middle school and high school and college. Um, but the university I went to didn't offer like um, an audio program. Everything was just like classically trained, like instruments or, you know, you majored in performance or in education. So I majored in education and uh, I had always been looking for like a production program. Um, I always wanted to produce music like since I was a kid. Um, So I started like researching other schools and I found some like smaller schools in Texas and some like music conservatories um, and like studio programs. But um, I came and visited Austin for like a South by and kind of talked to some people about ACC and like their recording program. And then I decided to move here um, after my sophomore year of college. So I moved to Austin in like 2008 and um, enrolled in ACC and took the uh, commercial music management program. Um, And I took a bunch of like little small, like MIDI classes and a couple of other courses but I didn't finish that either. Um, I started working um, bartending in, in nightclubs and in restaurants 
after that for a long time. So I'd kind of taken a break away from that audio stuff, but I always wanted to do it. And then, um, while I was like bartending, I started to buy software, um, that I could use at home, like logic. And I started off with reason. I don't know if you remember that. Um, I like reason. Reason is still good to me. <laughs> I started more with like reason. reason or so. It's great. Yeah. That was like the first, um, like software piece of software that I learned at ACC taking like a mini class. Um, and then I purchased logic and I'd started using that for a while. And that's just kind of been my go-to ever since then. Um, so yeah, well, I did that while I was working until I started bartending downtown at Flamingo Cantina. Um, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but that's a, it's like a, it's a reggae bar. Um, it's like one of the oldest bars on sixth street. Um, the owner, Angela books, everything herself. Like she does, um, she has a lot of relationships with a lot of, uh, Jamaican artists. So they'd get a lot of really cool reggae artists and world music artists in that venue all the time. And I was, um, bartending, like just slinging shots and making cocktails and making a bunch of cash. Um, but also like really enjoying the environment of being in, that live music surrounding and like meeting all the musicians all the time. And like, you know, as a, you know, bartending in that kind of um, space, you get a chance to like spend time, like after hours with, with artists and like kind of chop it up with them and see what, how they started or, you know, just kind of get to know people and see where, where everyone comes from, what everyone's doing, how they got into this whole scene. So I started to talk, I would kind of hang out and um, chat with some of the, the, uh, engineers that work there um they kind of you know built like this kind of skeletal sort of sound system that they would update every other south by so they'd make make a bunch of money for south by they'd you know improve a lot of the sound systems throughout the venue and um you know i just got really interested in in live audio from there and that's where i met dylan good you um who would float in and out of there and um, had a really good relationship with Angela at the time. Well, I think he still does. Um, but yeah, that's where I met him. We started talking about audio and he was looking for someone to like push boxes and like intern for him. Someone that he could kind of like teach his ways, I guess. So he kind of coaxed me into like pushing boxes for him at the Belmont. Um, like in the spring, like 2013 or 14. Not really sure. Um, but yeah, I just started following him around there, lifting all the heavy stuff and like patching his stage. And then he'd start inviting me along to other gigs, like up and down 6th Street and some of his like wedding gigs and like all that stuff. And uh, it eventually kind of turned into like a, an official like stage hand position, which eventually led to like me picking up gigs by myself, um, where he'd kind of like throw me to the fire and. Um, you need to give me more opportunities to like have desk time at Belmont also while I was doing all of that, um, to just like really build up my, some skills in audio and like, like really kind of like develop my ear for audio. Um, so yeah, I spent about a year, um, interning with him and like picking up gigs and like slowly, like, you know, finding my feet in the industry and, um, yeah, it eventually led to him helping me get the gig at uh, Bangers, where I was there for a little, like a summer, I think. Um, I did a bunch of like Sunday gigs, and then like I think they used to have like bring your dog to the bar on Monday nights kind of thing. <laughs> they used to have a dog run in the back, but you know they've done all that renovation, so they, I don't think they have it anymore. I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, but that was a fun gig because they would just. They pay you decently to do like a, you know, small little build for just a few hours. And then you get a beer tab on top of that. And it's all craft beers, which I love. So I was just like, yes, I will take this gig <laughs> every time. Um, and it was fun. Just like meet some like, uh, like big band musicians, a bunch of horn players and drummers and stuff. And all those guys play around town with all kinds of other acts. Um, so like really starting there and, um, doing some gigs with like his wedding band we would do um like a monday night showcase at darwin's pub on sixth street you ever been in that pub it's on the corner 
I have not been in it, no, but I've passed it. <laughs> well, they would do um, this wed- this local wedding band in town do um, like a Monday night monthly showcase with all their um, all their their entire collection of musicians and singers and showcase like some of their top wedding songs for couples that got, just got engaged and were looking for wedding bands. So I started to like mix that and then they'd ask me to like go on onto the actual wedding to like mix their wedding or not the wedding, but the, the, uh, reception. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started doing that. And then, um, after a while it's at, at the Belmont, we started to, started to get pretty busy and I started to kind of sort of sub out for, um, for, um, for Dylan on and off, um, as the year went on and, um, he was kind of ready to kind of, uh, move on to other things and to start playing more. Um, and to kind of get out of uh, what he explained to me was, he was just like, you know, I'm, he's ready to do the white glove gigs and he's not going to, he wasn't going to do any more pushing boxes gigs. Cause you know, he kind of already earned his stripes. <laughs> like Dylan's a pro he's been all over the world to like mix a bunch of people. And, you know, so that was his way of kind of like roping me in to kind of, um, I guess kind of like hand off the baton to me. So one after one South by he just kind of, we sat down and talked with the GM, GM and he gave me his keys and said that Danny's going to be taking over now. And then I've been there since 2014, like officially. Mm. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a neat story. Cause that's kind of like happy happenings. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, okay. So during this time, did you like stop producing or? or no, you I was just... still definitely doing that. Like as, as like my home projects, um, and not doing a lot of like, like of a social media push of it too much. Um, we were kind of like doing it on, on the low, on the low, low, I guess. Um, but me and my, me and my man, um, Jeremy, we were, um, working on his music. He's a, he's a rapper. So we were working on a lot of projects for him. I was producing a lot of stuff for a couple of mixtapes that we did together. Um, they're his projects, but I, I did a lot of the production and a lot of, uh, the, uh, mixing for, um, a big chunk of both of, both of those projects. And he did a bunch of shows after that. And then after having that, um, that relationship with Angela Flamingo Cantina, she let us do a few shows there at Flamingo Cantina that were, that came, that turned out pretty well. Um, and around that time, we just were kind of really trying to like, um, take off with it, I guess, on our own without having to use too many resources or pull from other people that were kind of already established. Like we kind of wanted to do it on our own, um, without any contacts, I guess. Um, so yeah, we'd always, we've always done that. At home, that's always been our thing. We still so do that. Are you primarily rap then? I don't. I don't rap. I just produce. I mean, I mean, are yeah. the style is primarily rap. Sorry. Um, his projects are mostly hip hop. Um, everything I've produced though is very like R and B heavily influenced. Okay. Like R and B, so a little bit of electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my my lane. So is it more like '90s R&B or like mm. early 2000s or like nowadays R&B? I don't know if it's like, like era specific. I think it's more of influences from all of those um, because I love all of it. Like I grew up in I'm I'm an '80s baby, but I grew up all through the '90s and 2000s, just constantly consuming all that stuff from regular R&B to like the neo soul era was like my jam. When everybody was wearing like brown leather, everything <laughs> with those matching <laughs> and outfits and suede stuff, um, it was a really funny time. But I love, I love that stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, man. Sorry, I just thought of suede outfits and leather clothing <laughs> and the matching, the and then outfits. like all the like. And then, like, the jean outfits. Yeah, like, like, the denim, like, denim. color color block. Yes. Like, and leather, denim, suede, color block coat. 
And I was like, oh, God, can we never go back to that in fashion, though? Yeah. <laughs> Everything was so baggy and leathery. <laughs> it was just so crazy. Um, but sorry, I just had like a mental flashback of that. It was great. Um, I was like, oh, I haven't thought of that in a while. <laughs> Probably because I blocked it out. Uh, <laughs> um, that's That's cool. So you're at the Belmont. And you, are you mostly by yourself there? Are you, are you a do it all person or are you just front of house and then you have like a monitors engineer as well over there? So that's a do it all yourself venue. Um, we, we started off as um, kind of being like a, a two man operation as far as audio goes. There's always an audio and a lighting person there as far as production staff. But we started off being, um, under contract with ACL Live um, and Moody Theater. This is before they built 310. So we were like their sister venue where they would book all of those um, current shows that they do there. Well, a lot of some of the, like, the repeat shows that they do it at 310. We used to do a bunch of those at the Belmont. A lot of their like big corporate parties and stuff like that. They would send a lot of clients our way. Um, so we were doing a lot of really big touring acts that required um, front of house monitors couple of stage hands that we would staff ourselves um and then a lighting guy um but nowadays like we're we're not necessarily doing more than two bands at a time any given night we've moved more into like uh private events we still do some shows um but for the most part that's the that's the bulk of the the bookings is private events so it's a little bit more minimal it's usually like one to two bands um, so I'm front of house monitors, build and strike the stage, all that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um, and what's your setup over there? The set, what was it? The setup. What's the, oh, setup, the setup over there? What do you mean for like, uh, the entire for your audio gear? What do you got? Oh, so the front of house is SC 48. Well, front of house and monitors is an SC 48. Um, the uh, rig is a DMV rig. Um, the subs are JBL 18s. I have a bunch of EAW monitors that we use for wedges. Um, and like a house package. I bring some supplemental mics every now and then. Um, those are kind of like my, my little small mic pack. I kind of take with me everywhere just in case um, things happen. But, but yeah, kind of a, it's a, it's a small enough rig that I can do it by myself, but it's a good size enough rig that we can accommodate um, touring acts when they come. And if we have to supplement other gear, we we grab it from other um, distributors in town. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, what are some of your favorite tools, audio tools that you use, either gear or software? Um, well, I guess we can do consoles first. I... I learned on an SC48, so I'm impartial to it. Like, I, that's one of my favorite consoles. Um, I can get around on it really easily. I also like an M32 because it's easy. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. Um, it's not the best to like use for if you're mixing monitors. It's not very fun unless you have a remote. Um, but still just, I mean, it's, it's not that accommodating. Um, but I still like it for front of house because you can put together a show. And have it sound pretty nice. Um, and it's easy to navigate. I think anybody can use that console. And it's easy to teach on. Um, Yamaha products. I do enjoy those. <laughs> um, I like Yamaha instruments anyway. But um, I like um, I like the CL and the QL. Um, I do use the LS9 when I work at or when I work monitors at um, Scoot In, <laughs> LS9 Shame. That's what they have for Monitor World. Um, but it still works. All the channels work. All faders work. All the LEDs work. Oh, my gosh. Now, I don't think I've seen that happen in a long the, time. The wheel of death works. <laughs> yes. You know, what the, the worst part is having to, like, because I like to label everything in the console. And having to wheel of death every letter it's like such gives me such like T9 energy. Like, do you remember T9? <laughs> no, Q. <Kyo. laughs> 
<laughs> so many notes. And you know, I told you I hate steps. I hate steps. I just need to get to it, you know? Oh my gosh. Just but like it worked. What is it called with the keypad? And you had to like, because it didn't have all the buttons. So you had like the three letters. Oh, it's how we used to text each other. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the T9. No, I know. But there's like, okay, so there's like another way that they had set up keyboards for like a hot second. And it was like, you had like, if you ever had anything that needed an accent or anything like that, you can just forget it because you you were never going to get to it in time. But it was like, it was only like certain numbers and letters. So it was like, a, a partial number set and then there was like a partial number set and then you had to like go in between the two do you know what I'm talking about no what kind of fun was that oh, i don't remember was that like, like that was like an early cell phone it was like an early cell phone i um, remember like we were so excited because we got phones and yeah. my mom like upgraded us to like these like partial things and <laughs> I don't know. It was just bad. Just okay. I don't, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I have to. I don't. I'll have to find it and like see if I can send it awful. to you. But it was god awful because <laughs> like it wasn't like the T9 where you were like, okay, all the numbers are here and you got to go through and do da 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 da. Cool. It was like only half and half, which was yeah. just stupid. <laughs> I was just like, who thought this was a good idea? I don't know. But okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you can't always just consolidate everything. It doesn't make for the best it doesn't it just doesn't um gear we were talking about your favorite we're talking about gear okay so that was consoles um we talk about plugins stuff like that um so i've been using waves a bunch i bought like a waves package maybe like two years ago um and i love it i can use it on logic at home too which is fun so i can like experiment with a bunch of stuff before i get to the show um, but like my go-tos are H delay, um, C6, uh, ultra maximizer is cool. Um, Renaissance compressor is really nice to put on a bunch of stuff and like vocals and stuff. Um, but my C6 is like my go-to like vocal in my vocal chain. Um, and H delay has been one of my like favorite, um, delays to use lately. Um, just because you can like throw it and um really affect the uh feedback and and um just make it sound crazy for like rock shows and uh crazy like indie Austin artists who like to do like psychedelic stuff. Um this is a lot of fun to play with. I use it a lot at home too. So yeah, those are some of my faves on waves. That's cool. Yeah. What is your setup at the house, though? Um, so I have, a, um, I have a, an Apple desktop. Okay. Well, I have dual screens now. Um, Ooh, fancy. So fancy. <laughs> no, Jeremy got me a second monitor for Christmas last year, so that was awesome. Um, I have a keyboard, um, an MPK-49, um, a small little Yamaha, little small, tiny four-channel mixer. Um, we normally record vocals on this blue mic. Uh, I have a pair of KRK monitors that I want to hopefully phase out pretty soon. Get some new ones. You don't like them? They're okay. I would just, we've just had them since like 2010, maybe <laughs> like a long time, <laughs> a long time. And my son's like pushed in the cones. Um, so they don't, they don't look great. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my small setup at home. What uh kind of headphones you got? Uh these are Audio Technic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mhm. These are the ones I take it at uh These are the ones I take to to work too. I have two pairs of these. We keep one at the house and then I take another one with me to work. <laughs> I don't want to talk over you again. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, it's wait, I'll wait. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I only have the shirts, the, what are these, the 44s, 440s? Um, 44s, that's not a thing. 
<laughs> That's not a thing. They're 440s. Um, I only have those. I recently purchased a pair of in-airs though. I don't like um, having to, ca- no, no, I don't like having to carry um, large things with me. I'm a compact person and I'm also uh, naturally minimalistic in terms of carrying stuff and stuff. So I don't ever want things to be too big. So I don't like carrying headphones. So I went out, I saved my coins and I invested in uh, their in-ear isolating headphones that they have. Uh, uh, the sure ones? Sure. Nice. The sure. So this the 425s? The 425s? That sounds like the right number. Sure. <laughs> Uh, I looked at so many headphones, so the numbers kind of got a little bit blended. It's all, it's okay. <laughs> there was definitely something called a 215, and I know I did not buy those. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's 425, or something with an 8, possibly. Mm. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I did so much reading on headphones and, like, their different patterns and stuff like that, that I was just like, I forgot the number, but I remembered what I liked the idea of them. Anyways, so hopefully when I get them in the mail on Friday, Did you get the SE425s? That sounds correct. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think those have been in my, um, my Sweetwater um, shopping cart for like two or three months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Before you go on a purchase, yeah, that, yeah, let me know. Because um, yeah, I, I that's like one of my biggest fears in life is buying gear or equipment that doesn't work the way I think that it should. But then you've invested all this money, and so then you're like, <sighs> like, what do I do with you now? Do I return you? Do I try to make it work? Like, what happens? And I don't like that feeling like I've wasted time trying to find something that's supposed to make my life better. Yep. I get it. So it's uh, always tough shopping for gear um, at all, like any kind of gear that you're looking for and you take recommendations and people give you their recommendations and you buy it. And then it's like, (sighs) that's not what I wanted. Basically, yes. yeah, it's tough. It, yeah, you just have to try everything. It'd be a lot easier if everything was accessible to try it. If there was a place you could go to and test it all and then make purchases, that you would mean be like guitar so center? nice. <laughs> but you can't even try everything there. No, you can't. Especially not now anymore. Have you been in there since they made renovations? No, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I have not been inside of a guitar center in like two years. Oh, okay. We went in there right before quarantine. Since they changed a bunch of stuff inside of there, it looks, it used to look really cool in, in uh, Guitar Center. They had that drum room that I always went to. I love that room. Um, they had their guitar room. They had their audio room. They had a bunch of like keyboards and stuff. Well, they, they took everything out and like made it look like a warehouse in there. So everything's just on racks and stuff now. And I was like, this is not. I like, not, it's just like metal racks, just so like dark. everywhere. It just looks like a giant. If you walk into a building that's only made of trusts everywhere, like it's just, it's not appealing anymore. Like there used to be like an acoustic room, like where you could play acoustic yeah. guitar and stuff. Like there used to be like a cymbal room where like we'd go in there and try out all the cymbals. Yeah. So there's, the, so there's no independent rooms anymore. And it's just one giant open space. That's just one big shelf unit oh my god that sounds products awful. yeah i was really disappointed when i went in and it's really dark and like glue glum in there is that a word gloomy gloomy glub sad <laughs> it's dark and depressing it's dark and sad in there oh that's sad um yeah um i know a lot of i was never i'm not a musician so i never really went in there because like, what am I going to play? Like, I don't know how to, I mean. But like, still, they have replacement parts for stuff. Like, you go in there and find like, little adapters. Like, if you needed, like, you know, like a, a quarter inch to XLR adapter or something like that. Like, all that kind of crap. So, just to go in there and grab quick supplies for a quick decent. Supplies. That's why we have Amazon Prime. 
uh, Danny. <laughs> oh boy, Amazon Prime. Okay. Oh my god. I mean, it's fine. It's really? good. I use it, but I don't like that I use it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's but, like, it's no. the principle of it. Yeah. Um, it's just a gross company. I think that's what it is. But I also enjoy like going, like physically going to places. I'm one of those weird people that likes to go inside of a building and touch a product before I purchase it. No, I'm with you on that. Completely with you. No, um, Amazon Prime is just convenient, I guess. Um, Also, I'm not the one paying for it. My stepdad is. So I'm not like (laughs) investing anything into the company in that regard. Um, (laughs) So I am passively actively uh living vicariously through somebody else's means so if he stops paying for it then best believe i'm not going to go pay for amazon prime but you're doing but, the right that's the right way if you're going to use it use someone else's account <laughs> um just i just nah and i'm with you i like going to buy stuff. And even though it might be cheaper online, the taxes paying the, the, to me, the difference in price is the tax and the time that you have to wait. Yeah. Taxes. And then especially during now, these times, like shipping is all over the place. You won't get tracking number for like two weeks. And I don't like that. I was like, that's what the whole point of prime was. It's like you order and you get it. Yeah. I don't like to wait. Also, I don't like waiting for stuff. I'm like, I want to touch it now so I can figure out if I like it sooner rather than later. Because if I have to wait till later, I'm probably going to forget why I was concerned about something in the first place. And I'm just, my brain doesn't retain it. And then it's just gone. And then I'm like, ah, I was supposed to remember something. And then I'm, I don't know what it was. And so like... (laughs) I'm really bad. I just have so many thoughts all the time. And people are like, well, that's why you journal. And I'm like, you know how many journals I have that I've filled up with all of the thoughts? (laughs) It's just insane. So no, I just want the stuff now so I can make up my mind now. And just, I'll spend the extra $10. Like 10 bucks is not working it for me, at least. Um, I know a lot of people are like, you just don't understand. And I'm like, Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm just a lazy punk. I don't know. <laughs> it's more effort to go somewhere and get something than it does to get online and type it and check out online. And also, like, scrolling through pages and pages and pages of things, of items. It's like, I'm not doing it. I want to. And, you know, and that's, that's another thing about Amazon is, like, they make it to where only their the Amazon stuff comes on the first page and you have to keep going down to the next page just to get to like actual, like, you know, small business people that have created products that are similar to the Amazon ones. So I just like, I, I hate that when anytime, if it's not on the first page and I have to go to the next one, I'm like, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can ease. It's more easy for me to like go to a store, walk down an aisle and see it all placed right there in front of me. I can just go and, Pick it off the show, walk to the checkout thing, boop, put in my card, and go home. And I got a thing already, and I don't have to wait. We all have time I for this. In the thing, and I can take it back if I need to, right there. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I am so with you. I, I just, I can't. I can't with the stuff and the things. It is frustrating. Oh, Best Buy, they let you test out stuff. Sorry, yeah. that just came back to my mind yeah, about testing true. out stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's why even now, like, they're, that store isn't as cool as it used to be because people don't go into it anymore. Like, do you remember you used to be able to like, play games there and, like, check out all the computers, watch all the TVs as long as you wanted to? Because when nobody tell you to leave, nope. you can, like, it's go and like all the cameras. Yeah, yep. fries are cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. My son likes to open up all of the refrigerators. <laughs> but then Amazon happened and people were like, oh, I don't have to leave my house? okay good uh but no i like best buys one hour thing i like that where you can go and buy it and then go pick it up in an hour that's cool so that's a little bit nicer yeah because then it's like i don't have to like go into the store 
if I don't want to. Also, I'm really bad about being indecisive. So once I've made up my mind about something, I should just go ahead and get it. Otherwise, I'm going to go back and forth on it. I'm going to be like, is this really a smart idea? Maybe I shouldn't spend this much money. Maybe I should do this. Maybe this. Maybe. And it's like, no, you already made the decision. Just, just get on. Where were we? We were talking about something. Uh, actually about gear software, this thing, what you got at the house. Whatever. Next question. I don't even know. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? You brought up something earlier and I, and I wanted to ask you about it. You were talking about how uh, setting up at um, the Belmont, it's like a one-person show, and you have to do everything and push all the boxes and stuff. So, like, do you do anything, like, exercise-wise to, like, stay fit, or is it just sort of like, I'll naturally come this way? (laughs) That face. (laughs) (laughs) So, when when I first started there, I was... um, pretty in shape what um, are you looking at oh, i was messing with this um ankle bracelet um but anyways yeah when i first started there like i was like you know pretty thin and like uh agile <laughs> so i didn't really need to work out like that was my work as i you know we had we were booked all summer for like the first couple of years i worked there um so it was a lot of hot sweaty summers and that's how you stayed in shape was you moved a bunch of boxes all day and then you mix the show and then you tore it all down. Um, so with that job being so physical, like for a long time, um, I just kind of got used to it, like muscle memory, I guess. Um, like the physicality of it, I guess. Um, cause it is a little bit labor intensive, um, with like being outside, especially like, um, in all season, like we do shows pretty much all season as much as we can. As long as it's not like pouring down rain with um, lightning or if it's, you know, a snowstorm or something. Um, but for the most Snow. part, uh, should I say, what should I say? Um, Ice, sleet, slushy stuff. Not snow. We don't get snow. We don't get snow. I think it snowed one year since I've been here. But when it gets really, really cold outside. Um, and it's too cold for rich people to stand outside under heaters. Then we go inside, um, which is a lot smaller setup. So, um, I don't think I answered your question at all. <laughs> no, I, but I am distracted. What is, what is, what is the temperature that people are like, I don't want to be like outside, like 40 degrees, yeah, usually like 50, 50, anything below 50 usually is like, they're like, Mm-mm. really? Yeah. Okay. I was like, what degree temperature is that? So 50 degrees. By 45, the- 50 degrees, they're probably not going to stay outside too long. Or if they do, it'll, they'll come outside when they've had lots of alcohol and they'll come outside. But usually for the most part, I mean, if you're in production and you're and the, the show has been booked to be on the main stage and it's 50 or 45 degrees outside, we set up heaters and we do the show outside. Um, but that's for a lot of companies. A lot of, A lot of people do outdoor shows year round like it's not that's not a new thing no it's not but i was just wondering what temperature it was oh yeah but uh, then the, the guests the clientele yeah they're like 50 degrees no fam yeah i will stay inside for whiskey until i'm at 11 30 when they're feeling <laughs> it once you get a little warmed up and they're whiskey and then you come outside and dance um but i asked you about exercising <laughs> oh yeah i don't i don't regularly exercise my work is my exercise, I guess. Um, I mean, I do some small stuff here and there, but I'm not, I'm not running around the block. So no, minimal exercise. Yeah. Okay. Cause uh, I was. I- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so bad. They'd be like, Danny does not move. <laughs> She's like, I sit a lot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, but even though you say that. Like yoga and stuff at home and whatever. Lift some weights here and there, but they're not heavy weights. They're not out here in the in the gym with the bench press. You, are you being like Lizzo working on my fitness? Yeah, I just work it. I just work out. That's how I work out is twerking. I twerk <laughs> out. There you go. Hey, it works. Mm, 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 mm. We're twerking right now. <laughs> just so you know, because you can't see us. 
just so you know. Um, yeah, okay. So, okay, I only ask because I, I was recently reading an article online and they were talking about the importance of fitness and, like, getting up and being active. And I was like, I wonder how many, like, audio engineers actually exercise, like, like outside of what's your normal work, which is interesting because in the article they were saying that, like, if you are exercising and stuff like that, it's supposed to be in addition to whatever your job is. So even if your job is physically active, you're supposed to be exercising in addition to that. And I was like, how many folks really be exercising outside of a physically, um, what's the word? A physically um, required job, a physically demanding job. You know, like if you working in a warehouse, moving packages all day and you're standing and walking and doing all these things. How many people are going to be like, okay, now that I'm home. <laughs> yeah. Like construction workers, like how many of them are like, Oh, let me go to the gym today. Or let me go run around the block for the fun of it. You know, like also all of those jobs that you just said, like those people work, we all work like very long hours, like not working like a, you know, like nine to five and then you're done kind of day. Like it's, you know, you clock in at noon. Sometimes you don't leave till 1 a.m. Sometimes. So it's like, oh my God, I'm not going to wake up in the morning and work out. That's when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Like, I just got home. Yeah. It's just a few hours uh, ago. And so also, like, after gig, I spend a lot of time, like, decompressing after my gigs every night. So that's a couple more hours, like, just at home. Like, me being awake and, like, trying to, like, come down off of this gig I just did. So... Sleeping is um, more beneficial to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because they say sleeping six hours is not good for your mind mentally. Sleeping less than six hours. So you're supposed to sleep more than six hours or else you have a higher probability of, like, dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that later in life. So, yeah, so I'm, like, I'm thinking about that. I'm, like, longevity-wise, though. Naps. I feel like. Yes. We should be sleeping. Yes. Yes. Sleeping all the time. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, yeah, but no, since this quarantine, I've I I've been wanting to be more active. I was gonna say more fit. Because I feel like I live an active life. I'm always going, but that doesn't mean that I'm like in like, you know, tip top shape of where I wanna be. And so I was like use this quarantine to go and like learn about how to be better about stuff and exercising and stuff like that and then that's how I stumbled across that article and I was just like interesting because I totally used to be of the mindset that like you don't need to exercise outside of work your work is your exercise it's 100 degrees outside in Texas like I'm sweating away fat like we're good um but yeah but yeah you're also lifting lots of like heavy things all the time so you have to have some some sense of um being able to like strengthen yourself before you get to that situation otherwise you're just going to be so tired and overworked and um you didn't cause problems for yourself when you're overworking your body like that instead of like building up your body to be able to handle that kind of work so i think it's important yeah you gotta have some kind of balance but you don't have to be out running marathons i mean unless you want to if that's if that's your life and you just about, you know, do it. Just about doing it. Yeah. I'm not running no marathons. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. I did not like track. I'm not a long distance person. Okay. I loved track, but we ran short distances. I did not run anything longer than a 200 meter dash. I did it once. Mm-hmm. You didn't do cross, huh? cross country. No, I was not doing no cross country. Cross country overlapped with volleyball, so I just did volleyball. <laughs> okay, I chose I chose my sports, and that was not one of them. My sister did cross country, and I would go and we'd watch her run, <laughs> keep running. <laughs> she was going. Uh, yeah, I was I'm not like, uh, two hundred forty three now. <laughs> so I'm many. Like, mm. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I did two hundred meter dashes and, and called it a day. I think um once somebody tried to convince me to do the four hundred meter dash, which is just one lap around the track, and I was like, I'm not doing this again. I ran the race because they asked me to, and then I was like, No, 
we're we're done. And then I tried to do hurdles, but I, hurdles are a little longer. So it was a 300 meter hurdle race. Um, I did that, but I'm not quite tall enough for oh. my footsteps to work. Oh, so yeah. I always, with my strides, I'm always, my stride was two and a half. So I never made it to the next one like I was supposed to because I'd always end up stutter stepping because my strides weren't the same length that they needed to be for each of the distances. Anyways, after that, I was like strictly 200 meter dashes and that's it. Like 100 meter dashes and we're done. Like I'm not doing all these laps, tomfooleries and no. Huh? So you're a sprinter. I am. I I was a sprinter and I loved it. That was the way to do track, okay? That oh, right. was like in and out. Huh? That's it. In and out and that's it. Oh, yeah. Just that's just the way to go. Also, if you're going to do field events cuz field events are legit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Field events were awesome. Like I did high jump when I was in school. I was like, "Oh, get it." That. Were you good at it? Yeah. 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 I was good at it. I mean, good enough. I mean, nobody was like, oh, let me give you a scholarship to college or nothing. No, but it's but, you still know. cool to, like, you know, you run and jump and body roll yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> she said body roll. Body roll, yeah. I thought that, that was so cool. I always loved watching that that event and um, uh, pole vaulting and triple jump yeah. and long jump. I never did any of those, things, but I always loved to watch that, like, my friends with those track meets and stuff. Yeah. Dan, did you ever play sports in school? I played basketball, like, forever. Uh, yeah, like, same as band. Like, I was always in band and basketball from middle school um, until I graduated high school. I didn't play basketball in college, but I play, played, like, on the like the rec league basketball team in college. And, like, a couple of adult league teams here in Austin. Yeah. Adult leagues, they be taking stuff too seriously. And I'm no, like, hey, I'm just supposed uh, to be yeah, fun. Yeah, sometimes. I remember the first couple of seasons I played. There was a few fights. There was a few, uh, a few scuffles. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun. It's super fun, and like you know, it gets competitive. But there's a lot of really good um, basketball players that play in those in those leagues. Um, you see a bunch of like dudes that like they were good, but like never made it to like the league. Kind of come back and play these these leagues, or or they go off and play the G League. But you get um, there's some good players in those in those uh rec leagues and then everybody goes out and drinks beer afterwards it's fun that sounds fun except for the drinking beer part oh you don't like beer uh, not really um there's like specific types of beers that i'll drink but i'm not like a universal beer person and they're heavy to me so i would much rather drink gin and tonics than i would drinking i know i know people are like really gin and tonics and i'm like yes. <laughs> uh, yes i will take that any day over any of your other drinks but, um, uh, put lime in yours i do put lime in mine do you not lemon because what's up with that i don't know why that's a thing but that is a thing um for my bartending days like some people were like specific about it and they're like it's supposed to be a lemon this is whatever you want <laughs> but what like what kind of fruit you want like that's not that real, but I prefer it with a lime, yes, or not a lime at all. I don't really need the fruit. I'm not gonna lie to you. It can just be the gin and the tonic, and I don't want your ice either. Uh, do not give me a drink with ice in it. I don't like ice at all. <laughs> no, ice is just an excuse to be cold. Even in the summer. Even in the summer, it's just an excuse to be cold. Yeah, I feel that. And, it's and just then water. ice just. Yeah, and it takes up too much space. Like if you think about it, right? If you get one of those like soda kit, like soda, I'm about to say soda pop. I don't say soda pop normally. I don't know why I was about to say it. <laughs> um, but then you get like a normal like soda cup that's like you know twelve ounces. Well, you have all the ice that they put in first because they fill the whole cup up with ice, and then they put your soda in there. So realistically, they're just robbing you of the soda that you wanted by giving you all that dang on ice. I don't want your ice. You can keep the ice and give me all of my soda, okay? I want a full 12 ounces of actual soda, not watered-down tomfoolery, okay? I just, I don't want it. 
I feel the same way about my alcoholic drinks. Don't give me your stupid eyes. I don't want any of it. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm an advocate for ice. Not the agency, oh. but the actual frozen liquid. I love ice. I love extra ice. I love sonic ice. The little sonic bit. Ice is good. Yeah. yeah. Sonic ice is good. I, love but I want ice. a separate cup. No, I want you to pack all the ice. Pack it. Then put the liquid. Why? So I don't like a lot of liquid. <laughs> That's what you're paying for. I want the ice. <laughs> no. Oh, Danny, man. We're on two separate sides on that issue but this of is for, the world. Like, um, like regular drinks, not for like cocktails. I don't really drink a lot of cocktails. If I do have a cocktail, it's an old fashioned. Those are good, and that's probably it. Uh, that's probably like the only cocktail I'll drink regularly, um, and shots. Uh, <laughs> but I like <laughs> she the- said that so nonchalantly. And shots, shots. yeah. So there's no ice. <laughs> <laughs> But if I'm going to have a lemonade, if I'm going to have a lemonade, or like a strawberry lemonade, I want mm. all the ice. Mm-hmm. So when you go to, when you go to, uh, what about those places that give you those like square ice cubes? Do you like those? Like the big ones that are like, oh, yeah, like, like, like flat on the bottom? Yeah. Huh? Like the big They're like curved cubes. on top. Oh, no, I've never had those. Oh, yeah, they're like, like, yeah. like regular, like freezer ice. Oh, no, I don't like that ice. Okay. I'm like, oh my God. I don't want any of it. I don't I don't even have ice at my house. And people will be like, Do you have ice? And I'm like, um, that does not exist here. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. There's there's no ice. Um <laughs> like people are like, you don't even have like one of those like little things that you put in the freezer, like the little trays. I don't have that. I don't have that. They take up space unnecessarily. Like there's just I, I sometimes I wish I had ice for when people came over so they could have ice, but then I think about how many people actually be coming over and I'd be like, it ain't it ain't worth it for me to like go out and invest in that. And quite honestly, I don't even want a freezer, like a refrigerator, like in the future when you go and buy a house and all that stuff. I don't even want a refrigerator that has an ice machine. Because all I can think of is Yeah, because all I can think of is all the space is taken up in my freezer. What about ice cream? I like ice cream, but ice cream is not the same thing as ice. Yeah, but you need a freezer. Well, I want a freezer. I just That's don't only want... only big enough to hold ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> One carton of ice cream. <laughs> no, I want, I want a full freezer. I just don't want a freezer that has ice machine in it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because those are ridiculous and they take up too much space and then like you have like that like it's like basically like if you have like those two door open ones that are like side by side you know and then you have like yeah it does take a shelf worth of just the the ice machine yeah yeah you're right yeah and i'm like what do i do with that Mm -hmm. and then it's just gonna keep making ice and sit in there because ain't nobody using it so i don't know i just think i hate the noise (laughs) the ice maker makes like the sound of ice dropping into that bucket throughout yeah. the night. Oof, I hate it. But you want an ice machine? Well, sometimes I need ice. For all the non-liquid that you don't want to drink? <laughs> Other people in my house like ice and drinks. Icy drinks. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I I'm just weird. Um, people always look at me funny too when I go to like stores or to like go get coffee or something like that. Cause I'll be like, I want it to be cold, but without the ice. And I'm like, uh, how? <laughs> yeah. They look at me like, how am I supposed to do that? And I'm like, the same way you would make the drink, just take the ice out of it. But people look at you like, I don't know what to do. But they're like genuinely confused about like not having ice inside of something. It's kind of actually really funny <laughs> to watch people's eyes. Yeah. Oh goodness. Anyways, 
It's a strange request. What? No eyes, please. No eyes, please. I- I'd like no eyes, please. And then also, like, they bring in, like, a cup that's full of liquid. And they're trying to bring it to you without, like, spilling it because there ain't no ice in it. <laughs> it's easier to spill. I don't tell you, okay? Put a lid on it, okay? I, I don't I don't know what you want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Getting into the good stuff. Good stuff. We're really, we're really diving into that world of audio here, you know, talking about all that ice. <laughs> all right, I have like on repeat in my head right now the the drip song by Cardi B. How does it go? Uh, um, came through dripping, drip, drip. <laughs> came through dripping, drip, drip. <laughs> came through dripping, drip, drip. That was on my ice go ice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I think the name of the song is called Drip. I don't know. Maybe it's called Drip Drip. I don't know. Either way, that song comes in on a playlist that I have. And all I could think of right now was Drip Drip Ice. <laughs> Do you- uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> talking about- I do. <laughs> I told you, being at home has not been good for my social graces. I think, I yeah. I don't know how to talk to people anymore. <laughs> Are you just we supposed- gotta get back. <laughs> all the time? So that's what I've been doing. Tell people what you think all the time? Just saying stuff. <laughs> I'm having a thought. I'm going to say it. Basically, I don't, I mean, yeah, basically, that's that's what happens. Yeah, I, I, it's hard I to tell people about, like, like, oh, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> my thoughts, <laughs> me, me and myself, a lot of random thoughts, you know, putting things together, thinking about ice, ice, ice. How I don't want it. Yeah. Um. Speaking of things that you've been doing have you actually been like i don't know taking classes or anything to like grow yourself since this quarantine tomfoolery i've watched a bunch of um youtube videos especially like when it first started like i really was trying to stay active in the the world of audio learning um with a lot of like online like seminar type things and a lot of people were doing a lot of uh live hours um so I watched a bunch of those, like tips and tricks and mixing and watching a lot of people um go through their uh show files. I did a lot of that, but I haven't taken any like official classes or anything. Um I don't know, I've just been like in this space where I'm like I know that maybe one day we're all gonna come back and do a show again, but when? And I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, you know it's. I, I spent a lot of I spent a lot of the first few weeks like trying to like evaluate where the my decision to get into this industry and to like sustain it, um, and make like a living wage from it. And now to see like the entire industry just kind of like with the feet pulled out from underneath it, you start to kind of like go through like oof. I know that everybody, like, when you jump into things that you really want to do and you go, like, all in on it, um, you want to, you want to give, you want to go all in on it so that you get somewhere with it, so that you make some strides and, like, find your feet and, like, build a career in it, um, so that you kind of, you kind of make it to where there is no backup plan, you know? Um... So that's kind of where I was. I was kind of like going through that thoughts of that for a long time for like the first few weeks. Like, are we going to, should I keep going with this in hopes that we're going to get back to regular, the regular program? Or do I kind of just like, "Mm, I'm just going to step away from this for a little bit and like figure out what I can do for myself going forward and to like really 
like kind of make some decisions of where I want to like put some of my money right now um, and put a lot of my focus. So a lot of that, a lot of this time I've just been spent on like organize, like reorganizing my adult life, I guess. Like from like finances. Um, um, I've been like, like just sort of like kind of preparing for like the next step of things. And I think that it's still going to include audio, but I think that I can't just keep both feet in that, in, in that world anymore. If that makes sense. It does because that's the same thing that I've been thinking about. So that totally makes sense to me. Um, So what, what do you think, what, what would you like for it to look like then? Since, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's only so many things that, I mean, like audio is so broad in and of itself. So you can do, so many things with audio without it necessarily being live sound. But I mean, like you said, you've invested so much into learning live sound and having that be your thing. So what, what could you see yourself doing as like a alternative, I guess, or in tandem with? Yeah. So also while I was like spending a lot of time with all of those thoughts and like organizing things, um, I spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time on logic, making a lot of music. Um, like I got like this weird, like bolt of like creative energy almost like you go like this, like sad part where you're just like, Oh my God, the world's ending, but Hey, let's make a soundtrack for it. So I just started doing that and I just, I just spent a bunch of time making a bunch of music and like, like building a folder full of stuff that was, um, that was more current because I had put that off, put that on the back burner for a while. Like my, my, my own personal production stuff. Like I had spent so much time doing a live thing that it kind of like stepped away from the home stuff from my own like personal productions. Um, so with all this time on my hands, I was just like, I have a lot of time to sit at this computer and like play again. Um, which I hadn't had in in a long time, especially with, you know, my kids being in school now. So I'm definitely like, just at the house, just like, Oh, what are we going to do with all these hours in the day? Um, so that's the kind of sort of the next plan is I've been making a bunch of music and like figure it out or, you know, making notes of it and organizing it as much as I can, um, to complete as much of it as I can, because I want to put out a beat tape pretty soon. So I'll probably do that. Um, I finished my website. I'm, well, I finished it. It's published. Like, it's accessible online. Um, but I've still got another phase of things that I want to roll out um, this month, like, in the coming weeks also. That could maybe turn into, like, another stream of income um, that's sort of away from audio. But as far as, like, audio stuff, like, I'm still producing, and I s- definitely intend on putting out a beat tape pretty soon. Um, and actually like releasing it and like letting people hear it. <laughs> Scary. That's uh, terrifying, but exciting. It's exciting. Um, but also it's something that I've done before. Like I've, it's been a minute since I put out some stuff, but, um, yeah, just kind of getting my feet wet. I sent a few tracks to a few different people to kind of see what they thought. Um, send it to some like local artists to see if they would, if they wanted to use it. Um, so we're going to see where that goes. And, um, yeah, I've just been working on staying, obviously paying attention to like everything that's going on still in the world and trying to get that as much attention, as much of my attention as I can while also like raising my son. Um, but still like spending these hours, like during the day, um, just on my stuff, like my own personal stuff that I didn't get a chance to do for a few years because I was busy working and, and momming. Um, so now I've got some time and I'm using it to, I've just been like extra creative randomly and I haven't had a chance to, like I planted a bunch of stuff, been making some stuff. I've been making a bunch of music. I haven't put anything out yet or any of that stuff, but 
behind the scenes, I have uh, built up a few things. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to stay productive. Yeah. So when are you gonna start putting that sort of stuff out there then? Um, there's a couple of things that I want to put together that I want to finish uh, this week, and then hopefully the B tape will come at the end of this month. Um, hopefully before August. So why don't you plug yourself then for all of the lovely people who are listening? Okay. So right now you can find my, my, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is yellow Danny 24. Um, <laughs> that's my, that's my social handle on most things like on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and then uh, my website is rhythmgalaxy.com. Um, you can go there and see some of the older music that me and Jeremy made. Um, also, like, my my audio profile is on that page. Um, I'm setting up a store on that site that will be open pretty soon. Um, and uh, f- as far as, like, other social medias for the music platform um rhythm rhythmgalaxy.com is the website but you can also go to we're also on bandcamp you can go to bandcamp.com slash rhythm galaxy um <clears throat> rhythm galaxy on soundcloud there's some stuff on there um yeah those are my socials cool internet things I know it's always so weird, like telling people where you can find yourself. Yeah, you it's, can find it's like, uh, don't, yeah, don't like show up at my house virtually. Yeah, I'm not gonna give you any physical locations, but you know, yeah, <laughs> find me out there in the world wide web. All right, guys. So that is the first part of the Danny interview. I wanted to let you guys know that there is a second part that is coming after this. Um, we just got to gabbing so much that gee golly we had to have two episodes so there you go so i hope you liked it don't forget to follow subscribe leave a comment review you know that sort of thing and uh i'll catch you in part 